Hello and welcome to Golf Tips in Your Car with me, Tyler Dice. This podcast is going to be on the new proposed rule changes by the USGA and the RNA. So we have some really cool stuff. So let's just dive right into it. Okay, so the USGA and the RNA, which are the two governing bodies for golf in the world. Um, the USGA kind of covers everything in the Americas. And the RNA, which stands for the Royal and Ancient, uh, they cover pretty much everything else with a couple of exceptions. Um, but yeah, so they have been meeting over the last, geez, I think it's been a couple of years. And so they've been meeting and discussing uh, uh, changes to the rules. Their ultimate goal was to simplify and condense the rules that they had. Because uh, I'm pretty sure we had, I want to say we had 32 or 34 rules. And I think they're going to knock it down to 24. So maybe they had 32 and they're going down to 24. Anyways, um, they're condensing the rules. So they have some pretty notable rule changes. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Are the, the rules changes that they're going on and kind of give my opinion on them. So... Uh, the one uh, change they're going to do is if you move a ball during a search. So before, if you moved your golf ball, it was a penalty. Now, there is no penalty for causing a ball to move during search. And the ball would be replaced to its original spot. So that's great. Um, you know, obviously, if the rough's thick and you're trying to move, you know, grass out of the way to try and find your golf ball, you know, there is a chance of you accidentally moving it. And so if the player moves it, it was a penalty before, but if like, say your fellow competitor moved it, no penalty. Um, and now they're just kind of simplifying that rule and just saying there's no penalty. Just put it back to where it was and proceed. So I think this is a good rule. Um, I think this is, makes things a lot simpler and makes the game a little bit more fun and a little bit easier to find your golf ball in the rough. Um, the next rule change is ball is moving a ball on the putting green. Um, so now the, the proposed rule change is there would be no penalty for a player accidentally moving a ball on the putting surface. Um, so that's great. Um, and it says here that they changed this in January 1st, 2017, which they did. And um, I remember talking about it then and I'm still really happy about it now. I think it's silly with how firm and fast these greens are today. That like if your putter touches the ground and then the ball ends up moving, like you are automatically assessed a penalty. I think that's stupid. And uh, I'm glad they changed it. I think this is the right call. Um, like I said, with greens being as firm and the grass cut as short as it's cut, I mean, literally anything can move that ball, whether it's a slight gust of wind. I mean, a big bug could be under there, sticks its head up, knocks the ball, moves it, and, you know, whatever. So I think this is a great call. I don't think this takes away anything from the original intent of the rules. And so I think that's a great rule change. I think it's smart, you know, and it'll keep the, the pace of play faster too, because like if your ball moves, you just put it back. Simple as that. All right. So there is now a standard for deciding why a ball moved. A player would have to be virtually certain or 95% sure that he or she caused the ball to move. Otherwise, there is no penalty. So essentially, like, if I put my club down behind the ball 
and like I accidentally put it on top of the, the ball and it moves, it's a penalty. Otherwise, or like if it's sitting up in the rough and I put my club down in the rough and the ball topples over and falls deep down under, into the rough, like those are penalties. That makes sense to me. Um, otherwise, like, you know, if you're not sure or like say you're hovering the club around the, above the grass and then the ball moved, but you're fairly certain you didn't actually touch any grass with your club head, um, well, then that's no penalty. So, again, I, I like it. Good rule change. Moving on. Uh, we have for placing ball when original spot is not known. So the rule change proposed is when a ball is accidentally moved, the player would place the ball in its original spot or its estimated original spot rather than dropping it. Yep, that sounds great to me. Um, you know, when you drop a ball, you know, you got to get your buddies over there, your fellow competitors, so you have to like explain what's going on. And then you're like dropping the ball. Well, if it moves outside of two club lengths and you have to re-drop it again, or if it moves close to the hole, you got to drop it again. Um, you know, it takes time and every couple minutes adds up. And um, that can be the difference between the group behind you having a seamless transition to the tee box to hit their shots or having to tap their foot on the tee box and wait. So again, I like this. Place the ball where you think it's at. Like, that's great. Like, let's get a move on it. So another good rule change for me because I think it speeds up play. All right, another proposed rule is ball in motion accidentally deflected. All right, so a ball that's deflected by a player, their equipment, etc., would be played from where it comes to rest with no penalty. There would be a penalty, however, if a player positions his or her own equipment to be used as a backboard or otherwise intended point of deflection. So what this means is if, like, you are in a bunker and you hit a shot out of the bunker, the bunker ball hits the face of the bunker, comes back, hits you. Before, that was a penalty. Now it's saying it's not a penalty. Uh, I think this is great. Like, why is it a penalty for hitting a bad shot? Like, you're just penalizing someone. You're just pouring salt in the wound, so to speak. You're penalizing someone for hitting a worse shot or having a really bad line trying to, like, escape. And, like, they would get, you know, you know, add insult to injury. So I like this. This is great. This is good. Um, you know, it's happened to me. It's happened to lots of other people. And, um... Now that it, they change, they're proposing this rule change, it won't happen anymore. So I like it. Um, good, good, good call on my part. There is a new procedure for dropping a ball. All right, so there will be no limitation to how high from the ground a ball must be dropped as long as it moves through the air from some point above the ground. So before what you would do, you would stand at shoulder height, uh, you put your extend your arm at shoulder height and drop the ball. Now you can bend down from an inch off the ground, drop the ball into the spot you want. Um, so this makes sense a little bit in the sense that like everyone's shoulder height is different. So like if you were six foot seven dropping the ball, well a six foot seven guy dropping the ball on soggy turf is going to get a crappy lie. Whereas a guy that's like five foot two dropping a ball on soggy turf may have a chance of having a significantly better drop, uh, lie. So that shorter guy is always going to end up getting better drops than the taller guy. Um, so this rule kind of makes sense to me. I didn't know there was a problem with this, uh, but it makes sense because you can literally just pick your spot out and, you know, say, hey, this is my nearest point, and you can just bend over and just drop the ball from, you know, an inch or two above the grass, and your ball drops, and it's in play. And so now you don't necessarily have to worry about, 
you know, if you're dropping on hard pan, you know, if you're dropping from shoulder height on hard pan, that ball is going to land and it's going to roll somewhere. Well, if you're dropping from an inch off the ground, that ball has, um, you know, a better chance of staying where you dropped it, which means that you're having to drop less times and you're speeding up play. So, you know, even though I didn't think this was a problem, uh, it seems to me like this is going to be good for golf because it can speed up play. So I like it. I mean, speed up the game. It's too slow as it is. It needs to be faster. Okay, so time for search before a ball is lost. So the new rule says three minutes. The old rule said five minutes. Excuse me. I think this is awesome. Uh, again, speeds up play. And it's telling you, hey, hit the ball and play. Keep your tee shots and your approach shots on the hole. Don't slice them into the woods. Don't slice them into fescue. Keep them in play. All right. I like this rule. So uh, good call. Um, substitution of a ball always allowed when taking relief. So what this means is when a player, when taking relief of any kind, a player would be allowed the option to use a new ball or to continue using the original ball. Um, not a huge fan of this because I think this will slow down play because I know some players that they will change a ball as often as they can. And <clears throat> this will slow up play, especially when you have to remark your golf ball. So I'm not, not a huge fan of this. Plus, he could be playing a two and then substitute his golf ball to a four. And then you not know about it. You're keeping his score. And then the next hole, he could hit it into the woods and then drop his two. And you're still thinking he's playing a two, but he was really playing a four and he could cheat easier. I'm not saying that happens, but what I am saying is that this kind of makes it a little bit easier. Um, especially since, like, you know, you could just switch for whatever reason. I mean, you'd be taking relief from a cart path. Your ball never touched a cart path, but you could be taking relief. And you could be like, all right, I want to put this four into play. And, um, you know, but I, so I don't like that. I think that's dumb. I think that uh, that's just going to slow up play. And I think that's going to allow players, if they wanted to, to cheat a little bit easier, which I'm not a fan of, even though I don't think I haven't come across anybody uh, cheating in a round of golf in a long time. Uh, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying it happens probably pretty rarely, but uh, this is going to make that easier. All right, repairing damage on the putting surface. This new rule would allow a golfer to repair any damage on the putting surface. So this means spike marks. And this means dragging your feet. This means a deer running across the green. This means anything. Footprints. This is great, except for and they make an air, they make an exception for aeration holes and natural deformities. That makes sense. So like you can just tap down anything except for an aeration hole. Okay, well that sounds great to me because um, by having to put through pitch marks and play later in the day, you're kind of leaving golf more up to chance. And uh, with this rule, you're kind of leaving things more up to skill. Um, the only downside is this is going to slow things up because I know people who will tap down everything. And they will literally pick out their line and they will walk down their line tapping down everything they can. Um, at least the rules say they can. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's good. I think... Um, you know, having to put through someone's scuff mark on a green or a couple of spike marks that are in your line when you're trying to make birdie and hit a good shot in there. Um, I think being able to tap those down is a good idea. 
Um, I have always thought that uh, that not being able to do that was silly, um, especially when almost all the clubs that I played growing up had the local rule that you could tap down spike marks. So um, I think uh, this is a good, a good, good rule change. Touching the line of play on a putting green, the player would no longer be a there would no longer be a penalty for touching the line of play by a player or caddy. Yep, that makes sense to me. You know, if you've ever noticed um, your caddy or having a flag stick, and he's pointing to an area that he wants the player to aim at, and he's hovering that above the ground, you know, that's because the player or the caddy couldn't touch that that intended line. Um, so I always thought that was silly and stupid. Like, seriously, like, like, what are we trying to prevent here? Um, and so now they're taking that away, and you can touch that line. So that's good. Again, it's going to speed up play. It's like, hey, hit it to this spot right here, and go and tap that spot. Easy, right? Um, seems to be that, that. That would make things faster. So good, good, good call. Ball played from the putting green. Hits unattended flag stick in the hole. So now this is would not be a penalty. Um, I am incredibly in favor of this. I think it's silly that this was even a rule to begin with. Um, you're playing by yourself and you're trying to play by the rules so you have to still take out every flag stick? Um, that's dumb. Like, like, I mean, I get it, like, if you're playing by yourself, you're playing with buddies and you don't want to take the flag stick out, it's kind of like assume that you didn't break the rule if you hit it, but like, same time you did, but... So anyways, they're just removing something that was dumb. So I like this. Um, it's a good, good, good call. Expanded use of red marked penalty areas. So right now there are lateral hazards and water hazards. Um, so they're removing the uh, water hazards. And so everything's going to be treated like a lateral hazard. Uh, so this was interesting. Um, when people would set up, a, when, the, when the tournament directors and so whatnot would set up a golf course, um, if you wanted to make something over water play really difficult, you marked everything as a water hazard. And so that the rule stated if you hit it into the water hazard, you would have to um, drop at your nearest point no closer to the hole. And, you, and so you couldn't go, like say you hit it over the hazard and then it landed and it rolled back into the hazard. You couldn't drop on that side of the hazard because the point at last cross would have to be kept between you and the hole. So you'd have to go and hit over the hazard again. So it made things hard. It added a lot of pressure to, to certain situations, especially peninsula and island greens. But with this, if you treat everything like a lateral hazard, um, you can go from where the ball last crossed that point and you can take two club lengths. And so it speeds up play, but it makes things easier. So I kind of like it, but at the same time, like, it was a neat thing to see, you know, course, you know, uh, tournament directors and the people setting up the golf courses use uh, to make things harder, you know, if they wanted to. So I, I kind of liked it, but I can see the point in getting rid of it. Touching or moving loose impediments or touching the ground in a penalty area. So before this was a penalty, now they're saying it's not a penalty. Uh, definitely disagree with this one. Um, not a fan. I think if you hit into a hazard, like you shouldn't be allowed to like ground your club or move loose impediments. Um, but that's just me. 
Now, I totally get this, though. The reasoning is, number one, they, or at least my, my, my thinking of the reasoning is, like, you don't want to hit a ball and have it end up just on the one side of a hazard line and get in there and think and look down and say, oh, it's just light rough, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Get in there, make a swing, and say you've only had these irons a few weeks, and you hit your shot, and then you hear this loud metallic, you know, ting. You look down at your golf club, and you've got a gash through the face and sole of your club because there was a rock there. When in reality, if you could move the rock, you would have moved the rock, and you wouldn't have gashed your club had you seen it. Um, so I guess they're trying to prevent you from destroying your clubs, which I kind of get considering golf clubs are getting really, really, really expensive. And if you destroy one, you're looking at like another 150 to $500 for that club. So I guess I kind of get this. Um, I just don't like it. I think that's kind of part of the golf. Like if you hit in the hazard and you don't want to screw up your club, well then take your penalty and drop. That's just my two cents. Alrighty, so moving or touching loose impediments or touching sand in a bunker. A player may remove loose impediments in the sand and touch the sand with his or her club, although the player cannot deliberately touch the sand to test its condition. Practice swings would still be prohibited. Uh, okay, I don't really get this. Um, definitely make sense to me. So you can move, uh, so I guess you can move a rock. But you can't, like, make a practice swing or, like, drag the club through the sand to see how firm or soft it is. So I guess that makes a little sense. Um, again, the last thing you want to do is have to hit a shot in a bunker and have it be a massive rock in there that you're going to hit. And, like, know that, like, well, if I hit this, I'm going to screw up my wedge. So, yeah, I guess I kind of get this. I guess it makes more sense the more I think about it. So it's not a bad rule. Um... Use of damage of clubs damaged during round. A player would still be allowed to use a damaged club throughout the round, regardless of how it was damaged. So right now, if you are playing golf and then you say see a sprinkler head because you hit a bad shot and you tap your club on that sprinkler head, and the club gets damaged or something gets knocked loose, um, as of right now, you would have to take that club out of play and you wouldn't be allowed to use it. Now they're saying that you can still use the club. Okay, well, so much for the USGA and RNA saying don't get pissy on the golf course. Um, because that's how these things happen. <laughs> um, if it was an accident, you'd still be allowed to use the club. But if it was intentional, you wouldn't, is how the current rule is stated. But now they're saying whether it was intentional or accidental, you can still use the club. So, well... Anyways, moving on from that one, because I don't really like that rule either. Adding clubs to replace a club damaged during round. A player will not be allowed to replace a golf club that they caused to be damaged. Oh, I thought you couldn't do that to begin with. Oh, that's a new one on me. So, well, that makes sense. <laughs> moving on. Use of distance measuring devices. A new rule would allow the use of distance measuring devices with an option for a committee to implement a local rule prohibiting them. Yeah, sounds great. I mean, why not? Everybody uses them anyways. Um, whether they have slope or not, everybody still uses them 
you know, when they're playing golf. So, uh, yeah, no, no. Let people use their rangefinders. It's dumb not to. Caddy lifting ball on the putting green. A caddy would be able to lift and clean a player's ball at any time without authorization, as long as the caddy is the one to replace the ball. All right. Um, sounds pretty self-explanatory and seems pretty good to me. Couldn't find fault in that one. Encouraging prompt pace of play. Among other things, a player would have only 40 seconds to hit the ball from when the player can hit without interference or distraction. Yep, sounds great. Why do you need more than 40 seconds? It only takes you like 15 seconds to actually hit the shot, so you got 25 seconds to get a yardage and pull a club. Yeah, I mean, especially if you can use a rangefinder, you're literally just, you walk up there, zap it. Oh, 175, grab your 8-iron. Okay, hit it. You're, I mean, what else do you need to know? You, well, wind. You need to know wind and where the pin's at. Okay, so that's two things. All right, so the pin's in the back. All right, so I'm hitting 170 to let it roll to the hole. All right, yeah, really, it's not hard. Um, yes, that's great. Um, maximum score, form of stroke play. A maximum score can be set, whether in relation to par or just a total score, where a player who does not finish the hole would be would not be disqualified, but rather given the maximum score. Yeah, that sounds fun. Like, fine. So, like, you're playing in a club tournament, and, like, you've sliced two out of bounds. Like, just say, you know what, I'm done. I'm just going to go to the next hole. And so they say they set the maximum score at, like, eight that day. Well, take your eight and go to the next hole. Um, yeah, why keep hitting, I mean, hit drivers and, you know, make yourself pissed off when you could just, like, all right, I'm done. I'm just going to tend the flag stick now. And you speed up play, and yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, go for it. Reasonable judgment in estimating and measuring. As long as a player has done all that is reasonably expected through the greens, player judgment would be upheld, even if later deemed to be the wrong by an outside source such as video technology. Um, yes, like, yes, yes, yes. I mean, you're out there playing golf. Like, you don't have access to cameras. So, like, you literally, like, I mean, I'm like, I, I haven't had this experience with people, like, openly cheating or, like, trying to, like, cheat when I'm golfing. So, I mean, I've played with a lot of people at a lot of golf tournaments. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying I haven't seen it happen. I haven't been part of it. I know it. I know it does happen, but I haven't had it happen with me. But um, what this means is, that, like, if you don't think you did anything wrong, and the other people in your group don't think you did anything wrong, and you bring a rules official over and you say, "Hey, this is what happened. I don't think I did anything wrong," and everybody in your group's like, "Yeah, where was I was watching him do it, and I didn't see him do anything wrong," and the rules official says, "Okay, you're good to go." Well, if Joe Blow was videoing on his cell phone and you know, goes up to the rules committee afterwards and says, oh, yeah, he actually did something wrong. Um, here's the video evidence. Um, they would then look at it and say, oh, yeah, you did something wrong. You're assessed a penalty. Well, now they're saying that's uh, too late, too bad. Um, we're just keeping it as is. Well, that sounds fine to me. Um, that's just me. seems like it's just going to speed things up and uh, keep things a little bit more simpler. Um, lastly, I... Uh, I've heard tell that they are also considering not allowing caddies to stand behind their player and tell them if they are lined up correctly. 
and I think this is awesome. So you don't see it hardly at all on the PGA Tour, but you see it a lot, like too much, on the LPGA Tour. So the LPGA Tour player takes their setup, and then the caddy gets behind him and says, all right, now you need to move a little bit left or a little bit, excuse me, a little bit right, and okay, you're good there. Well, they're saying you can't do that. As soon as the player walks into the shot and addresses the ball, like the caddy can't be behind them directing them. So I think that's great. So I hope they, they make that change because uh, I think it's stupid that uh, the girls do it anyways. Um, I think it's a game of skill and a game of hard work. And um, your skill and your hard work should pay off in the form of being able to do the shots you've been working on. And if you're not practicing your alignment, then you're not practicing correctly. I'll tell you that right now. So yeah, they need to change that and uh, stop that from happening because it just looks tacky. It looks like they're just a bunch of amateurs out there, like they don't know what the heck they're doing. So I think they need to change that along with uh, most of these as well. Um, I think, but yeah. So uh, yeah, so these, that's, that's about all I got. Um, these are the rule changes. Um, uh, definitely were, um, there's some good ones on here. And um, definitely it's a couple I didn't really agree with, but more than uh, most of them I liked and uh, can definitely see them you know, put, implementing those, and I think they'll, they'll help the game in a good way. So that's about all I got for you today. I uh, hope you enjoyed this. Um, please make sure you, 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 if you like the, the podcast, to share it with your friends. Um, it helps them understand what the new rules are going to be. And uh, make sure you happen to go over to my Facebook page and check that out. i got some uh, new tips out there all the time. And uh, we'll be posting, uh, we're going to be doing some new stuff, so we'll be posting a lot more uh, uh, video tips on there. So if you happen that way, you'll be seeing a lot more cool information. And uh, right now, you will, if you happen to go to the website, tellerdicegolf.com, you will notice that it is kind of under construction right now. So we are doing some awesome work on that. And uh, when it's up and running, I think y'all will really, really like it. So um, stay tuned um, and uh, keep your eyes peeled for the new website that comes out soon. All right, so I'll let y'all go. Uh, again, hope y'all enjoyed the podcast. And I'll see you guys in the next one.